Hello and welcome to the Average Gamers Podcast, episode 4, The Sound of Gaming. I'm Liv and I'm joined by Caleb. Yo, what's up guys? And Pez. Hey guys, how you doing? The topic for tonight is sound in video games. You know it, I know it, everyone knows it. The sound and music in video games is at least 50% of the experience, but we rarely talk about it. We want to take a moment to recognize some of our favorite soundtracks and notable sound moments in video games. But before we go over that, let's uh, let's have a little look at what's been happening this week and have a bit of a catch up. So I'm going to say some news. There's been a few news <laughs> items for the week. I'm going to say some things. Um, nice. Do you, do you remember FIFA? I mean, EA doesn't make FIFA anymore. They don't have the license for no. it. No. What's yeah, that? Yeah, I, I, um, I actually saw this. I was pl- playing a, a Plague Tale last night on my PS5, and I was looking for another game at the time through um, the PS Plus store, and I saw that they bought out FC 2024, which yeah. I'm assuming stands for Football Club. Yeah, they um, because FIFA wanted them to pay a ridiculous sum of money for the licensing, and EA just said, "Nah, no, it's all right. <laughs> we'll keep our yeah, money." Wow. But um, people are mad at the moment because in do you know what Ultimate Team Mode is? No, it's the really scum. So you buy you buy packs, loot boxes, and then you get these the players in them, and the idea is you want to make a fantasy team with the best players possible. But uh, gamers are mad that they started putting the woman players in the packs because their their stats aren't as good as the men. They don't don't want them. (laughs) But is it, are they mad because of the stats or like, because you normally can't put a female on a male team, right? So maybe them. It's fantasy. They want to embrace. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know. To be fair, I don't play Ultimate Team. Um, it could be both. Like, it could be that gamers hate women. Like, th- mm. that's a thing. Um, yeah. But it, I think the 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 cause of it is that their stats are not as good as the men's stats, like yeah, right. in real life. And um, it's yeah. So like, they're basically wasting money on these because the possibility of getting bad stats increases. By adding the woman, I know that sounds yeah, really like, bad, but it is what it watering is. Watering down the pool. Yeah, yeah. I hope at least they they thought to make some of the women really powerful. Like, if you're going to make a fantasy league, why not make them have fantasy stats as well? Yeah, yeah. Like you could at least, even if it's increasing certain stuff, just because you might be a fan of you know the, the women's football league. And you want to see them in, you just you want to mix and match. And yep. then why not just increase the stats a little bit to match the women's league, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, interestingly, my wife is working at the stadium where, did you know that the FIFA World Cup is happening right now? No. For women, the women's league? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know it was happening until she was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go and work at the FIFA um, women's league. Wait, yeah, the Matildas that- are in the um, final. Oh, there you go. Is that happening here where we live? Yeah, it's well, it's it's not only happening here. It's happening in multiple places across the world. It's a it's a World Cup, but very few people like oh, relatively wait. know about it. Right. 
yeah. maybe they're not in the final yet. Somebody said to me last week, it looks like the Matildas are going to go through to the final. So I assumed they were on the last couple of games, but yeah. maybe they just meant the team looks really good this year. <laughs> That's their job to say that. So <laughs> um, anyways, I am not saying that because they're women. I'm saying that because Australia is not very good at soccer, but we keep we keep pushing like we are. Um, here's the next one. How many of you are, are playing Diablo 4? Zero of me is playing. Um, I've got it, but I haven't played it in about two weeks. Okay, so you know that the Season 1 patch came out. Yes, I've heard about it. It doesn't intrigue me at all. Yeah. Um, so the devs came out to have a little talk about it online. Uh, I didn't even watch the video, but they looked so freaking depressed. Oh, no. So the first, but basically the summary is they came out and they said, guys, we know that this is not the patch you wanted and we'll never do this again. Wow. <laughs> Makes me think, why'd you do it in the first place? <laughs> we really it- thought they wanted it until we did it and then we realized they didn't so i do know that they fixed one thing that i think is it's like it, it would have felt bad no matter what um a lot of the builds in diablo 4 are reliable and vulnerable damage so every build basically goes down to how do i make as many enemies vulnerable um for as much time as possible and then how do i scaled that vulnerable damage so they nerfed that um but they also slowed down the game a lot in other ways as well um and then went on to say that their intention was not to slow down the game but like they also slowed down the game oh yeah Yeah. and then couple that with um one of the devs coming out and then saying that so they added one stash one extra stash tab to all the players in Diablo 4 and people ask, hey, why don't you just add all the stash tabs that we need right now? Why is this such a long-term fix? And uh, mm. the dev came out and he said, it's a problem with performance. Um, <laughs> and by performance, they mean that... He, he went on to explain that when you are in an instance, the game loads every other player's entire inventory, including all of their stash tabs, into memory. That's yikes. <laughs> but that, that sounds like a them problem. <laughs> Very much them problem. <laughs> so if you ever wondered why you might be lagging, it might be because Johnny, with his <laughs> full stash tab, Walked into your town. <laughs> oh dear. I knew it was Johnny all along. Yeah. <laughs> so, Johnny Tiff. But I, I can't believe that that's... It's so hard for me to imagine that that made it all the way... Because I think that's a fairly low-level programming thing where... Again, I'm not a game programmer, but I think they would have decided that fairly early on. And yeah. no one looked at that and thought, hmm, this might be a problem later on that we're loading every single person's entire inventory into everyone's RAM. Like every person has a copy of everyone's inventory if they're in the same instance. 
Yeah, it seems very unnecessary. Like, I can un- can you trade in Diablo Four? Uh, yeah, you can with trade other people. Yeah, you can. So I imagine this should have just been a piece of code that says if these two people initiate a, or like if two people initiate a trade, then load the inventory for them. Yeah, like that would have made much more sense. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, I don't but surely. I surely game devs had a plan from the start of what they wanted to accomplish. Like, it's not like you just push out the base game and then you go, all right, now let's think about patch one. Like they've already thought about patch one, patch two, patch three, and what they want to accomplish. So surely they would have thought about this a long time ago. I don't know the, the ins and outs of, of making a game, but I, I do know as, as a gamer that path of exile also has trading also has shared world instances and doesn't have this problem. Also, World of yep. Warcraft doesn't have this problem. Yep. Yeah, which is a game that they make. Actually, Diablo 3 exactly. doesn't have this problem. Exactly. I, I know that Diablo 3 doesn't have um, a, shared, a shared world, but oh, maybe maybe Diablo 3 does load the entire inventory of your entire party in when you join a game. Who knows? Um, I don't know. I... I I feel like I, I, I saw it coming. I dodged a bullet. Um, I played Diablo 4 in the beta, and I simply played the Necromancer, and then I played the Druid, and I saw how they felt to play, and they were complete. it was like playing two completely different games. The one experience, the Druid, was so bad, and the game was almost designed to destroy your experience and and make you not have fun and then the necromancer was so good and i thought to myself there is no way that from level one to 25 that they 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 designed this to be this way and then somehow in the future it's going to be fixed now to be fair they did fix that experience but like i i just knew at that moment that they didn't have things together that's that's why i didn't um I didn't get into it. That's why I'll be jumping into Path of Exile 2 whenever that comes out. So I have a question about Diablo because I'm not really familiar with it. I've never played one. Because your mum didn't but, like you. Well, I just never... Even now, I'm like, the top-down games kind of don't appeal to me that much. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're not a top-down Andy. Neither is neither is Pez. Yeah. True. Yeah. Carry on. But, um, In the past, have they balanced classes with each patch differently based on the stats and scalings of each class? Because I know with WoW in particular, and it's probably not a lot of the same devs, but with WoW, usually a new expansion comes out and there's one or two classes that, or specs of classes that are really terrible. There will always be a top performer and a bottom performer. But I think in Diablo, the balance doesn't matter as much it's not so much balance, but they need to be in the same ballpark. We're not even talking about the same ballpark. Yeah. Uh, again, so, I'm well, talking about my beta experience. Um, I'm talking yeah. about well, my beta experience, so it's a bit different, but the Druid did the same damage as the Necromancer once every 10 seconds. The Necromancer yeah, just right. did the same damage all the time. <laughs> it, I mean, it's that, not even this close. That sort of sounds like, well... Um, because I think they plan at the start of the expansion for this, the classes that scale really well with hard stats get really good by the end of the expansion. The classes that are just really good with any year, sort of like 
stay at the same level for the whole expansion. And so by the end, the scaling classes have kind of caught up. But it might be true, but it's not fun. Yeah. Like oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think it's a good. I don't think it's a, and I don't think it's fun design. I didn't want to play it. No. Nah. Um, but yeah. Anyone have anything to add on that? Um, look, I, I yeah, I had, I believe, seven max level characters in Diablo three, and oh, yeah, I brother. really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and four. Look, as much as it has some flaws, it's. I still think the story is excellent. I don't think it's worth one hundred and ten dollars, but if you in, enjoy that type of game, it's it's a good game for you. Yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir. I um I really enjoyed Wanted Dead, and IGN gave that a four out of ten, or a three out of ten, or something like that. Like I I enjoy. Uh, Diablo 4 is like a 7 out of 10. Like, it's very easy to enjoy playing, spending your time in it. I, I don't want to, yeah. like, discredit people that are enjoying the game. If you enjoy the game, then play the game um, and, and have fun. I do think that if you're taking the game slowly and you're just in enjoying the story, you're probably not going to feel a lot of these issues other than maybe having to port back to town constantly because of the, the stash tab thing. Exactly. I agree with that. Yep. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, Ubisoft is sending out emails to some of um, its customers. If you haven't played, if you haven't signed in to your Ubisoft account in four years, they'll send you an email saying that they will delete your account, including all the games you bought. Yeah, I think the devs are going to come out next week and say that it's a performance issue and that their <laughs> servers can't handle all the data. I know the reason. So um, this has been a big, uh, I'm going to use the word kerfuffle. It's a big kerfuffle. That's a great word. Yeah. I, I think it's actually pretty common pl- practice. I think Blizzard does this as well. But what makes it scary in the Ubisoft one is the email that you get says that this is irreversible. and. I understand from a from like I understand from a business point of view you can't keep everyone's data forever. 4 years is a long yeah. time. But also I don't think you should be able to undo someone's purchase of a product. Especially if it's not a it's not even a live service. It's it's like you know it's like Ubisoft rocking up at your door and say hey it's been four years since you played Assassin's Creed 2 on PlayStation 3. Give me the disc back. <laughs> exactly. That's so silly. Um, I don't think it should be right that they can they can delete it without a way to restore your purchases. I can understand not wanting the, the account to exist. Do you know, uh, actually, do you know what they should do? I think is that they should be able to delete your account, but then they send you CD keys for for the game oh so if you want to so if you want to make another account you just put in the cd keys and redeem but i think even then and this is a problem i think in today's age is everything is now online digital there's no more hard copies anymore okay so sorry when i say um cd keys i mean redeems redeem codes so if that person remakes their uplay account they can just put in their um, code in the shop and they can just re-download the game. 
Yeah. They'll lose yeah. their save file still, but. Yeah, no, I, I, I know what you're saying, but. They should send them their save file on a floppy disk. <laughs> In the mail. My Steam save files are more than um, one gigabyte, so no thank you. <laughs> Send it to them on a server blade. <laughs> uh, do any of you have Ubisoft accounts? Uh, mine's probably yeah. cancelled. I do. I think you have to for um, X Defiant, which is another good upcoming game. Uh, that's, the, um, that's the Call of Duty... I don't want to say Call of Duty clone, but it's very similar to a I, Call of Duty type of game, right? It's a military I would, shooter. I would say uh, Counter-Strike, not Call of Duty. I don't know why people say Call of Duty. Can you aim down sights? You aim down sight. yes. So you can't do that in Counter-Strike. And you can't sprint in... Can you sprint in Counter-Strike? I don't think you can sprint in Counter-Strike. Or slide. Checkmate, Pez. Look... <laughs> Okay, so you don't want it to be similar to Call of Duty, but it's uh, how about this? Um, it's North Shore Canals from Battlefield Three. Like, how about this? What language did you speak? <laughs> okay, how, it is yeah. Um, more like Valorant than anything else. Wait, so you have to stop moving to shoot? <laughs> no, exactly. That's it's how Call it feels. It, it okay. feels like that. So you've been you've been playing a beta? Yeah, I've played it a few times. Hell yeah. Okay, and your impressions of it are they're pretty good. The, th- the thing people it's at the same speed and pace and movement as Valorant Counter-Strike. Call of Duty honestly feels so different. It, you can't compare them. Is it faster or slower? Uh, when was the last time you played a Call of Duty game? A few months ago. So I'm assuming Modern Warfare 2. The, the latest one with the Warzone, yeah. Yeah, okay. And X Defiant is exactly like Valorant, I would say. Well, I haven't played Valorant, so I'm just trying to gauge, like, is it faster or slower than what it feels like when you're playing Call of Duty? It's definitely slower than Call of Duty. Okay. Slower, okay. but still things are happening very quickly, but, and there's no aim assist, thank goodness. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, not even on console? I don't know if it's if it was cross-play in the beta. Oh, okay. Well, as long as you're happy, mate. That's what matters. Yeah. yeah. Are the game types, like, um mostly kind of, like, uh, domination? Or, or uh, what's the one where you have three objectives and you hold them? A, B, yeah, and it's C. domination. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much just hold and capture the points. Yep. Okay. And do you and have got- hero abilities, like a, um, like a hero shooter? Yes. So it's like you build up your ultimate... And then you can go invisible. You can do a EMP or whatever. Uh, and that's why you related to Valorant. Yes, correct. Okay, because I sounds I, like Exoprimal. I uh, <laughs> I don't play Valorant, but I know the memes about Valorant. Whereas, like any Valorant player comes to Overwatch and they just stand at the doorway waiting for someone to walk in walk through the doorway to shoot them oh no and like do you know what i mean like they don't move their crosshairs they basically are yeah. a turret um yes yeah, but, that I, makes but sense. They're, they're making fun of valorant players valorant players aren't all like that it's, it's not like them really but it, in comparison it is it's not uh, a movement shooter yeah correct okay our next piece of news and we're going to get to exoprimal very soon uh Overwatch 2 
Blizzard has admitted that it is in decline. It's coming to Steam. Wow. So yeah, when the invasion uh, PVE <laughs> PVE <laughs> comes <laughs> comes to Overwatch, you'll be able to play it from the Steam store. You you're no longer shackled to the Blizzard launch the the Battle.net launcher. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess they're thinking that that'll give them an injection of new players. Yeah. But to go even further, they've fired 50 um, of their esports staff and they're offering a contract. Okay, so they're offering for all the Overwatch teams in the Overwatch League. If they, d- if they vote not to continue, Blizzard will give them each $6 million. Wow. Yeah. They're literally paying them to leave. Like, why wouldn't you leave if you were going to get a payout of $6 million? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think that the hope is that if you did it in the first place, it would make more than $6 million because the entry fee is yeah. some ridiculous number. Um, I think $20 million. Like, esports... Esports buying a spot in an esports league is ridiculous, and it might be part of the reason why I think it's, it's failing. But not only that, so we've got Overwatch Two. That's you know, it's kind of like we all see it for what it is. Like it's coming to the Steam Store the same day the PVE launches, the PVE not launching, and then the PVE being reduced was a big blow. Um, also, Overwatch Two not really being different to Overwatch. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if there might be, we might be in the decline of, of hero shooters in general, because Gundam Evolution is also closing down November 29th. Mm. Yeah. We played that one together. We did. Yeah. Gundam Evolution. Yeah. 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 So I, I, there was a, we did. Yeah. As in we, yes, we did. I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. We did. You did. You didn't play that one. Hey, Pess. Um, no, I didn't know. Okay. How do you feel about, but I know you played a lot of Overwatch. How, how do you feel about it as a long-term fan? Look, it's, um, I still like playing the game every now and then, but it it does feel different and I have no interest in the esports anymore. Um, and I've heard a, a certain team has left as well already. Which team? I believe it was. <laughs> I'm going to uh, pronounce it no, so wrong. Is uh, it, it was... one of the Chinese teams? Yeah, Chengdu or uh, Chengdu Hunters. Yes. Yeah. So I believe that they've left, and I'm sure there's going to be more because it's on a decline. I've seen. Well, the Chinese um... teams that you can't play Overwatch in China anymore because Blizzard closed down their deal with China. So oh, that's rough. there's no incentive for those Chinese sponsored teams to keep going. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's I a follow, lot of teams. Yeah, that's a few there. And I follow some of the esports people on um, Twitter and whatever. I saw Custer was leaving. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. He's like one of the only Australians that was that made it into the Overwatch League and then he became an... Um, he became a caster for it. Yeah. yeah. A caster. Yeah. A caster. <laughs> so you have Overwatch 2 in decline. We have Gundam Evolution closing down. Um, 
most of the other hero show shooters are already dead. And now we also had Exoprimal that just released by Capcom. And uh, Adapter and I have been playing it for a while. But the Steam numbers are not great. What were what mm. were you, I think we can do like a little mini review of Exoprimal right now. What what uh what were your opinions on it? Uh I think um I think the PVP is quite fun. It's just a classic like shooter PVP. It's not anything special, but uh there is definitely too much to get to that part of the game. Like you have to go through this whole PVE section before you get to the PVP and the PVE is I I find it boring. Yeah. Um so for those of you that haven't seen it, um Exoprimal, it's kinda like if Overwatch and Anthem had a baby, but then that baby fought dinosaurs in a city and the dinosaurs are being flooded onto the streets by a giant AI that keeps pulling you back in time to keep playing this these war games over and over again. I think that describes mm. it. Um so you have uh you have Deadeye which is Soldier 76. Um you have a whole bunch of mechs that you can choose from and you can change your hero loadout throughout. But the way it works currently is you play about three, I think it's three to four PVE missions where you're racing against the other team. You can't see them on your map. And then at the end, you have a PVP match normally. There is a PVE only mode as well, but the normal mode Dino Survival has, um, you have PVP at the end. So I think it's kind of a thing where you make no one happy because the people yeah. that want to do just PVE can't do that well they can but also i think that the pve only mode isn't well thought out it's kind of like because they didn't have it in the beta and then they put it in later because people complained about it but it's not balanced because once you are ahead in the pve mode it's very hard to catch up the pvp one is far more balanced but if you like the pvp you just you would rather get to the pvp part First, the PvP part is probably the most fun. It's not very complicated, yeah. as you said, but it's way, um, you, yeah, like you said, you get bored fighting the same dinosaurs over and over again. And what makes it worse is that if you have anyone in your team that's low level, you only play the low level instances of the game. This is, it, yeah, that feels really bad. Yeah. It's it's a really weird situation where it does have a story with really bad voice acting, but funny voice acting. <laughs> you can laugh at it, at least, I think. Um, but you, after playing a certain amount of missions, you get a, a story cutscene. And then you might get a story mission. And the story missions are pretty interesting when they happen because it makes the PvE part way harder. Like, I remember there's this one instance where a, a Boeing 747 flies across and there's just a huge swarm of pterodactyls that are chasing the plane. And you have to defend this point. You have to stay on the point, but the pterodactyls keep flying over the over the point. It's like um it's like trying to protect a a field of grain from a from a horde of locusts. Yeah. 
from a swarm of locusts. It was, that that was so fun. Like that's a that's a PVE moment that was so fun. Or there's this kind of like raid boss um, T Rex that has different phases. You have to uh, hide behind cover to avoid its attacks. Then it fills the the uh, fills the arena with lava, and then you have to get up on these platforms. So it has pr- you know decent raid mechanics. They're not like they're not um it's not hard but it's fun way more fun than when you're stuck with the lower level guys just killing oh kill 50 raptors and one pterodactyl please and then you move on to the next one though that's when the game feels monotonous and then it also has on top of it it looks like really pay to win okay so would you ever buy the game even if it was so like even if you could just play the PvP, would you buy the game? No. Why? Uh I don't think it's for what it is, it's not worth the the I mean it's eighty dollars here. Yeah. And it's one game mode and limited PvP. Yeah. And you know there's game modes coming, but like you don't know when. Yeah. Yeah, right uh, now the the release price of eighty dollars was way too much. Now, would you play it if it was free? Yes, 100%. I'm playing it because it's, I mean, yeah. it's basically free. Yeah, because it's on Game Pass right now. Yeah. Um, so it also then dresses itself up to look like it has every pay-to-win feature in it, even though it's it's like technically pay-to-win, as in you can buy an upgrade that lets you unlock suits that other people wouldn't have access to. But if you just play yeah. the game, you get those three suits and it's not really that big a difference. It's like a you could technically argue that you have a timed advantage in the first yeah. three hours of playing the game. You have an advantage over other people. Uh, uh, well, it, no, I you wouldn't say an advantage. Because you, I feel like I'm, like I'm not losing out on anything by not having the sniper available. For example, aside um, from the fact that I would really like to play the sniper. Yeah, I don't know if we're far enough in it to know though. As in, like, what if yeah, there was a meta true. that requires six snipers? I mean, five snipers, or sure. or like a really good strat that has five snipers or something like that. Yeah. Um, we we would see your point. Yeah. But, like, it only lasts for about four hours, maybe, and then you've got all of them anyways. But So you, you, you have three suits that are locked. They're not necessary, but you can also pay to unlock them. And then yeah. you have a ton of cosmetics that you can pay for. There's loot boxes, but you can't buy them. And there's an in-game currency, but you can't buy that. So by all means, you will look at the screen and think to yourself, this is a pay-to-win game. And then only to find that, no, it's not really pay to win. It just wants to look like one. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think they've, they've worked hard to push, to kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Yes. I think they're based on, I mean, my impression of the game was that they've really um, tried to exploit the people who were excited about it based on the marketing. And we're like, let's see how much we can get out of people from the start and i just don't i don't know yeah i don't i don't like that part of it either the sad no, thing for maybe me, they're relying on pre-orders maybe it's crazy though it's a it's a new ip it's yeah. sad it's sad for me because 
fundamentally, the game really controls very well. The abilities are fairly balanced. Like, yeah, it's an easy game, but it's also... It feels good to use the 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 exosuits. Like your movements yeah. work well, the abilities work well, they do what they do, um, and it feels good. So you have like a really good base, and then I really like dinosaurs, and I really like the exosuits, and I love the whole theme. And no one wins from Capcom releasing a new IP and it failing. Because do you know because they they only they've only been doing remakes for quite a while and kind of like known IPs and you know that AAA people the AAA companies when when a game doesn't do well when a new IP uh, doesn't do well they go ah see gamers they only they only want the remakes so like yeah. I don't think anyone wins from Exoprimal failing but you can't you you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink it's just they need to make um, drastic changes very quickly yeah, I mean, to fix it, and they I won't. Had, from what I've seen, it feels like they released a demo as a full game. Yeah, it's shit. Yeah. Um. So that's another hero shooter. That's uh, it's a third person one. But if it, <laughs> I feel like this week has been the week of like confirming that hero shooters are kind of dying, which is kind of sad for me because. I like hero shooters. They're kind of my favorite version of uh, competitive shooters. Right. Yeah. Am I See, the only I, one? I prefer, yeah, I just prefer the standard shooter. Like, I would, if you said to me tomorrow, look, I downloaded COD, come play with me, I'd do it. Or Battlefield. Yeah, right. But um, it, it's been fun when we play together, but then it's fun for like two games. And then yeah. it's like, ah, oh, yeah, sitting through the same 15 minutes of PvE before we can kill people again. Yeah, it's, um, but that's not really a thing of the, it being a hero shooter. That's a thing of it being a weird game mode that no, yeah. no one really wants. Um, yeah. Do you have any opinions, Pez? Uh, look, I hope hero shooters don't die off because, I mean, you know how much I love Overwatch. I like having those special abilities you can do. Um, I like the MOBA what, elements. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But what you've described with Exoprimal, it just seems like it's not something I want to play. Yeah. Because it seems it's diluting both sides and it's just, yeah, sounds a bit meh. Yeah. All but, right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully some good things will still come out. Yes. Okay. Um that's that's it for for gaming news. What have we been playing? Nice. Ooh, Exoprimal. <laughs> yeah, we've been playing Exoprimal. Um, I I've, I've personally been playing a lot of things this week, probably more than I've ever played in a week. Um, I started a Plague Tale Requiem and then read a review that was like you should play the first game first. So then I downloaded the first one. I've been playing that a little bit. Um, played Exoprimal. Played some Deathloop. Played the first level of Deathloop. I actually really liked that too. Um, what else have I played? I played a little bit of Black Desert Online to see what it was like. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Okay. Played a little bit of Fallout New Vegas. Did have, You've never played that one before, have you? No. People really love that game. I, I know that yeah. much. Yeah, I saw it. It was on Game Pass, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a try, I guess. 
you're just um you're like a kid in the buffet and you're just like grabbing a handful from every plate in the buffet yeah pretty much yeah i mean you know me i've never been like this with games before i'm usually like i have my game and that's the one i play yeah that's that's true what what do you what do you feel made that made it like that for you is it because of um Sanua's sacrifice like you weren't expecting yeah, that to be good and then it was good yeah. and now you want to find more of them yes I think that's exactly it. Oh, by Demon Souls as well. Speaking then, of FromSoft. And then you uninstalled it. <laughs> Why did you uninstall it? <laughs> I played it really late at night one night and um, failed terribly and was like, this game just isn't worth my time. And so I uninstalled it. <laughs> It was uh, it was an error in judgment because then the next day I was like, dang, I really want to play Demon Souls and I no longer have that 60 gigabyte game on my PS5. So look, I was in a little bit of regret there. I love that I can trust you to... Um, to Do something stupid. <laughs> de- deliver to me some content like that. <laughs> what about you, Pez? You've been playing playing anything? Look, I'm just a basic person. Um, we've done, I've been playing a lot of real life Warhammer because we're yep. practicing for a tournament. Yep. 10th edition. Um, very good. 10th edition. I'm love, everyone's loving it. Like reviews are really good. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I've recently been playing Warhammer battle sector, which I, um, bought on steam. Oh Yeah. Because that's like the tabletop where you've got your little units and you can go kill other armies, uh, I just really enjoy it. And you won't believe, last week with a couple of friends, I played Phasmophobia. No way. Oh, well. I that's... thought, yes, I thought it would be so scary, but it was actually really fun when you're in a group with other people trying to solve the puzzle. So when we have our next land party, do you think we should play that? Uh, it's yep, yeah, definitely a possibility. It's only four player though, right? Four player, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the current state of gaming is like, oh, you like lands? Well, get lost because our games are only four, four to six players. But it's still worth. Yeah, I'll, I'm keen. Um, I never dived into phasmophobia. But I've always wanted to, but I didn't have any friends that played horror games. And um, then you just went behind my back. Yeah. What a yeah jerk. Look, I would apologize, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> I just want to circle back to Pez saying that he's a basic gamer and um, just correct you there. You're actually a basement boober gamer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the truth is, okay. I don't want to say what else I've been playing because it's too much for this podcast. Because it'll confirm that. <laughs> Just say it. Is it Latex Dungeon again? No, I haven't played that yet. <laughs> well, now you can say anything because you've already admitted to that one. No, there's a game called... Uh, oh, no. Um, Aria? <laughs> okay. I mean, it's just a like, name. Like it's the music awards, right? Yeah. It's not, not a It's just deal. a name. It's... It follows such a cliche story and... Is it a visual novel? No, it's actually a third-person shooter. Okay. I'm getting a, pi- I'm getting a picture. And there's lots of physics in it, if I can say that. Yeah. Yep. Ah. 
um, they will win the physics award or at, at um, the next... Well, yes, 100%. The next physics award convention for gaming. Okay. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that's that's great. That's, so yeah, I was I was playing um, Exoprimal with Adapter. I I the weird thing is I kept saying like, man, this game's boring, and then signed up for another another match until I was almost max level on it. I think I liked getting to the to the max level to seeing what the mods did to them. Um, but or like I wanted to see what the the next story mission was because those were actually pretty good. Um, but I ended up playing much more of that than I, I thought I would. And I always log into Nikkei Goddess of Victory because that's the right thing to do. Um, we finished Final Fantasy 16. Guys, if you want to check yes. that out, that's episode three of um, our podcast. Just scroll up a little and you'll see it there. It's only like, I think it's like less than 20 minutes long. Um, but yeah, I do a spoiler-free review there. I was so it's such a conflicting game for me because I have a lot of complaints about it but at the end of the day I freaking love that game I freaking love that game yeah. uh, I I love that how it made me feel it's kind of like um The Last of Us like The Last of Us was not a good game but it was a game that made me feel things it was almost like a it, almost like a good a really good movie that I interacted with along the way. Final Fantasy yeah. is similar to that. I wouldn't say it's on the same level as as The Last of Us, but it does a similar thing where um, I would say that the gameplay in Final Fantasy 16 is better, but it does a similar thing where the the impact of the story and what's happening and the, the, the epicness of it kind of allows you to overlook uh the the annoyances of it um at least in my opinion everyone's going to be different with those things like if you never get attached to the characters then what are you doing you're not you're not going to enjoy that game yeah it's pretty much the way you've described it it's like the same as a plague tale it's a really nice movie that you play yeah i mean except a plague tale is more focused on the story and there's not very many gameplay elements to it yeah final fantasy 16 does have good gameplay like really good action gameplay it's might it might be a little bit easy at times but it's a lot of fun too um yeah like just kind of like playing around with the icon abilities and seeing seeing what bullshit you could come up with yeah uh but yeah and then i've i've, I've moved into remnant 2 waiting room we're going to be pl- i'm going to be playing remnant 2 tomorrow night i'm really looking forward to that cuz remnant uh, one of my friends bought it for me when it was on sale and he said like, hey, play this game on stream. So I played it and I'm glad I did because I really liked Remnant. It was it was one of the um, best games I've played this year and now Remnant 2 is coming out. I'm really looking forward to it. it. Yeah? You're in? Yeah. No, I said sell me on it. Oh, sell you on it? You get to, you have a dog. You can pet the dog. Ooh. Yeah. All right, I'm in. It's a third-person looter shooter with um, Souls-like elements, but I hate that it's more like a looter shooter in my Anyways, okay. um, while I'm playing that, I'm also playing the System Shock remake, and I, I, what? it's an amazing game. It frustrates the heck out of me because 
the level design is kind of like if um the the level design is is made by a madman it's so twisted and like circles back on itself so many times that you get lost quite frequently and it it, they even have a, a point in the game where you pick up a uh, a data drop and it says, we designed this space station to make people feel anxious and stressful so we can study the people working on the, tra- on the space station. So, like, they knew they were assholes when they made the levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I recommend that one for anyone that wants to... If you'd missed System Shock back in the day like I did, the remake is pretty good. It doesn't convey absolutely everything, but it's a very faithful remake. So you'll also get some kind of like old game design ideas. Like that that idea of having labyrinthine type levels is not something people do anymore. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good step back in history to try one of the first immersive sims, meet Shodan, the first rogue ai well i don't know if she was the first one but she's a really menacing uh antagonist but yeah that's pretty much me so we can move on to the main topic we're talking about sound in video games the best music in any video game let's say it in three two one it's killzone two and i thought you guys were gonna be on (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, oh, what is it? I couldn't. I don't think I could pick a definitive favorite. No, neither can I. I, was... <laughs> I just picked something that came came. Um, wait, hold on. It came to mind. I think control. Uh, control. Anybody who's played Control probably knows which scene I'm talking about because it's pretty much the only scene with music, and I think that's what makes it special. Wait, is Control a video? It yes. is. Am I just, I don't know, not alive or something? What do you mean? It was, it was a game set in the Alan Wake universe that came out uh, three or four years ago now, I think. Alan Wake just is something I would never play. Yeah, same here. Um, but after playing Control, I have now downloaded Alan Wake on PS5 and that will probably be one that I play soon. It's, okay. inter- it's interesting that you mentioned that because... I remember Shane saying that he was like in control has that really scary moment that you're not expecting and knowing that it's an, it's related to Alan Wake. It totally makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember him. I mean, he may have said that to you because we had different conversations because I obviously played the game. Yeah. Um, I remember him telling me he just thought it was overall creepy and he couldn't get over it. Because <laughs> oh. there's a, um, the basically the whole game, it's kind of like Chorus and uh, what was the other one? Sanus. Yeah. Um, except it's not your character talking to you or different voices of your character. It's like there's just random mumbling from these people or beings that are floating in the sky. And you can't really make out what they're saying, but sometimes you can, but it's kind of just like the creep factor is high. Yeah, okay. I, you I, never I, know I whether they're just going to turn around and attack you or not. Yeah. Uh, so I want to steer the conversation a little bit. I So to to study for this, because I had to really think about it, because oftentimes, how many times do you play a game and then you 
find the soundtrack online and you decide to listen to it and you're like, I can't remember that song being in the Do you ever have yeah. that that moment? Yes. Yeah, and then happens. like it never happens to you? Huh? Wait, no, it does happen. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we both said yes. <laughs> oh. I've got dyslexic ears. Um <laughs> yeah, nice one. <laughs> so I have those moments and then like when I go back to them, I feel because I listen I listen to the soundtrack I'm like this song's so good. How did I not notice it in the game? So I went back and I tried to catalog all the the music from video games that I remember. Um uh, the ones that I really love that I remember. Uh do did you guys do something like that? Like you you have an idea of the the soundtracks that you really remember from vi- video games? Yes. Okay. Yes, I could go to YouTube right now and pull up soundtracks for games that I know are just going to make me feel good. So my question is, do you think it's a certain kind of soundtrack that you like, or is it kind of um, or is it you, or is it a memory for you Ooh, that is uh, brought up? It's both for me. I, I think uh, so. One of my favorite soundtracks is Control and yep. the one song from Control. Um, and it's because of what happens in the game at the time that I remember that song so well. Is but it licensed then, music? Uh, it may be. It's uh, The Old Gods of Asgard is the name of the band, but that band is actually Poets of the Fall, who are a Finnish band, I believe, oh, um, who I'd listened to years ago because um, my cousin was like a into stuff that people hadn't heard of and some of it was like weird and whatever but we li- he showed me poets of the fall back in like 2004 and i was like ah oh, yeah these guys are kind of cool and then to hear them playing in a game that i love so many years later when like no one's really heard of this band that i'm aware of i was like oh that's awesome and it's a sick part of the game yeah as much as i don't like admitting that i'm a brand of hipster i'm kind of yeah. like that like when there's a band that i know and no one else knows or there's a game i know that no one else knows i'm like and then other people find out and i'm like i knew it i yeah. knew it all along yeah. i had good taste yeah. <laughs> and then you're like you try and sneak in there oh yeah no i knew about this game back in like this year yeah and people are like oh oh wow <laughs> i didn't even know it existed back then it's like yeah I know. <laughs> yeah, I know you. I know. I know you've got bad taste. <laughs> I knew you'd come but, around uh, eventually. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's that's my reason for liking that song particularly. Uh, but then, like, a game like GTA San Andreas, um, Radio X, and The Dust uh, are both radio stations that introduced me to a lot of music that now I really like um, and bands that I found because of one song on them. And same with GTA 5. GTA 5 had a lot of songs on it that I hadn't heard before that I was like, oh, this is really cool and I actually really like this band. Yeah, so in a way, are, are those songs, I can't remember on GTA, are those songs licensed? Or, yes. Yeah. I remember in GTA 3 you could hook up your an MP3 folder and it would actually play yeah. your music. I don't know if that was a mod or not. Uh, I'm not sure. I know. So Xbox 
was it Xbox One or Xbox 360 that did that? I think Xbox 360 did it. Um, I didn't have an Xbox One, but I remember being able to do that specifically on the 360 while I was playing stuff. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, for GTA 3, that was, like, way, way before that time. Oh, um, yeah, that was Xbox One. Yeah, you're right. Um, so and PS2. that was a cool feature. I kind of know why they don't do that. Yeah. So... I was I, I'm looking through my list here of kind of s- soundtracks that I remember from and I can think of them in a couple of different ways. The first one being the song was so good that I wanted to listen to it in my car. Like it's just it's just really good music and most of those are yeah. either kind of like rock or heavy in some way like they're similar to the bands i listen to and i really like them the other reason uh is that it's the menu music of the game and i just listen to it a lot and it's usually something catchy like for example uh dragon age origins to me i freaking love that that soundtrack and the reason why i know the main theme so well is because when you started the game it had to connect to EA servers and EA servers were so bad that it took like a good one to two minutes to do that. So you always got to the good part of the song. Like it was so good. Not, not my rendition of it, but, um, and then the other one, oh yeah. Deus Ex Human Revolution is another one that it Uh had a really good, uh, just main menu song. It's not even the kind of music you would you would associate with it. Um and then the other moments are their songs from a moment in the video game and it's kind of like you know how smell makes you like the smell of food re- can remind you of your grandmother's cooking or your your wife's cooking and and it can like bring back like certain memories a lot of people have that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, you can't smell video games yet. I'm still waiting for that patch. But music moments in video games are those signifiers of that moment for me. Yeah. Like there's times, uh, like a a good example for this is the Metal Gear Solid Sons of Liberty main theme. It's playing towards the end of the game where like everything is climactic. And almost the song on its own makes me want to shed a tear. Because or or, or another one is Mass Effect um two, Suicide Mission. Do you know why it makes me want to cry? Because it's a suicide mission. I spent ages on those characters. <laughs> I didn't want to see them go. Um but yeah. So yeah, those I uh don't know what you're gonna say. Those were the moments that I can think of. It's either like a really good song that I would like to listen to outside of the game. It was a moment in the game that um, has strong memories attached to to them for me, or it was music that is very catchy and I'm forced to listen to a lot because it's the menu music or something like that. Yeah, I get forced to listen to. Yeah, well, it's uh, it helps that it's always also catchy, like uh, Marvel vs. Capcom to the character select song. It's just a lady yeah. going over and over again. I want to take you for a ride, mm-hmm. um, but it's like really jazzy and fun, so you don't care. There's a um, 
One of the earliest games that did this for me was um, 1080 snowboarding on the Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah? And it has a song in it that's like, uh, how does it go? It's like, I remember the, damn it. <laughs> I can't remember how it goes. I'm like, I feel like I can remember the beat, but um, I can't remember the words. I'm yeah. not just going to beatbox it right now. Yeah. Anyway. No. I'll include it in the playlist of songs that we link at the end of this episode because uh, I think it's worth a listen. Yeah, I'm putting together a playlist of all the all the music that is nostalgic for us and for anyone that wants to listen to it, it'll be in the description of this podcast wants to do that. What do you think is the the earliest game you remember the the music for? RuneScape. RuneScape? I actually still um, listen to that today. Oh, well, like, there's been times where I've gone onto YouTube and I just type in RuneScape Mix and you just chill out. Is it dubstep? No, it's just nice. It's like chill step but with no dub in it. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting it to be, um, like, medieval, um, like, barcore or something. Bardcore. It's like medieval tavern music, basically. Okay. Yeah, so it's not actually chill step. No. But like I love medieval music as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're allowed to you're allowed to like that. That's awesome. Um one of the first ones for me is on Game Boy uh Game Boy Pocket, Donkey Kong Land 2. And the track's called Pirate Panic. And what was so impressive to me at the time is how many Game Boy games did you play had drums in them? Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2? On Game Boy? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it was pretty rare, but this one had, like, <laughs> drums. I can tell that the speakers on the Game Boy were trying so hard to play it because it sounds, <laughs> like, really tacky listening to it now, but it's it's impressive because I think the speaker on a Game Boy can only it's uh it, well it's it's one speaker so it's not stereo and i'm pretty sure it's midi so it can't really play the drum and the tune yeah. over the top of it yeah. so technically the drum replaces the sound of the the keyboard or whatever other instrument it is for that moment that it plays but yeah i love that song uh, i still kind of yeah. like hum it to myself like if we're talking about um <laughs> yeah Talking about hum, uh, humming songs to yourself, the Donkey. I thought you were going to say Donkey Kong Country Two on the Super NES. That's okay. So that's the same. That's the same tune as Pirate Pack. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the same. Exactly the same tune. Yeah. So that I always have that stuck in my head. Yeah, it's so catchy, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like a, it's like a happy, it's like the sort of song you'd expect to hear in a happy intro to a movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look, we cannot forget the classic Red Alert Hell March. Hell yeah, brother. That's was, what I'm talking about. I was going to bring it up. Uh, I don't know why more people don't respect Hell March. Like I've made every one of my colleagues colleagues i've made every one of my <laughs> colleagues listen to it and they're like oh that's cool i guess i'm like what do you mean it's frank uh i'm gonna butcher his name 
I think you pronounce it Klepechki. It's Frank Klepechki. He's Mick Gordon before Mick Gordon. Exactly. Yeah. It's industrial rock. I suppose they're not old enough. Uh, but also, I think <laughs> that bass line, though, like every time, okay, every time I started Red Alert, I never skipped the, the intro. The intro was wow. like the caffeine for playing the game. Yes. It was like, you see that sub? I'm going to make that sub. You see that nuke? You see, you see these soldiers marching across uh, because it has this thing where um, the Soviet um, army. This is this is an alternate reality. We're not talking about reality right now, but like the Soviet army from like an alternate 1960s was marching across Europe, and you could see the whole map turning red. It's like, yes, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, it was just it was so powerful. Like the that music made that game. It was so good. Yeah. And they had all, all the Command and Conquerors have a very distinctive sound in them, and it's all because it's the same. It's the same guy. Like they did change the the feel a little bit, but you can tell it's Frank Klepechki all, all the time. Like anything he touches is like, yeah, that's Frank. I can I can tell it. Yeah, like most games, I'd want to turn the music off so I can just focus, but that's the game. You just leave it on. Really, you turn the music off. Is this only for like competitive stuff, or like even in single player? Well, definitely all shooters turned off, and like Diablo, just very soft. What about yeah. what about Doom twenty sixteen? Because that's no, on no, my that, list. That music's like eighty percent. Like that's full full blast. Okay. What about? Well, I mean, eighty percent isn't really full blast. 80% is 80% bust. Yeah, that's mate, right. I need, I need to hear the footsteps, mate. Come on. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no one's... If you want no to hear footsteps, like... go and listen to Red Alert sound. Do you... Um... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Got him. Did, um... Like, what? Do you look at your stats at the end of the... At the end screen and be like, oh, man, I've got to play the level again because I didn't hear that one guy behind me. My no. stats are slightly worse. <laughs> nah, you do you, mate. Um, I, I like, I, I don't know. What about um, GoldenEye? Do any of you have a an attachment to that? Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's just the James Bond in general, but I definitely have an attachment to the game. Um, and like, it's funny, like you say, GoldenEye. I can hear. Noise in the background. It's like it that brings back so much nostalgia. For me, it brings up the nostalgia of getting my ass kicked. <laughs> it's like that's the sound I hear before a whooping. Cause um <laughs> that was my friend's best game. He was so good at it. But yeah, it was a it's a moment that I remember because I was traumatized. <laughs> Uh, but you were, Adapter, you were saying before uh, to me off the podcast that WoW is one of the most memorable soundtracks for you. Yeah. World I think, of Warcraft. I don't know if it's memorable or if it's just the nostalgia. I'm pretty sure, thinking about what I consider memorable from other games, it's just nostalgic for me. Like, there's you, actually a... Um, do I you was, consider nostalgia yeah. to be a bad thing? No, not at all. Okay. 
I I base a lot of what I do off of nostalgia. Okay, yeah. That may be a bad thing. <laughs> but uh, closure in Moscow. Um, whenever I hear closure in Moscow, that makes me want to play WoW because I spent so much time listening to closure in Moscow while I was raiding when I was younger. Weird. I don't remember that being in the soundtrack. No. Nah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, but no, the Barons, the Barons soundtrack from WoW is like my go-to. If someone's oh, like, yeah. what's, You're a good, same? what's a good soundtrack from WoW? Yeah, the first time you, you walk into the Barons, it's like that music just sits with you forever. That's interesting. Yeah. And so, you spend so long there. Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of like um, my main menu theory. Like you were just forced to to listen to it for so long, you you got Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. So I uh, I went and listened to the Wow soundtrack, and I asked you like which ones are good ones, and um I listened right. to the Badlands, but because I don't have that memory attached to it, it just sounds like a pretty plain, like this could be any RPG. But yeah. then you were like. Hey, listen to the Mists of Pandaria one. I'm like, you know what? I made a lot of fun of Mists of Pandaria for looking like Kung Fu Panda, but I know based on the soundtrack that that's the best expansion in the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I might not be right. I know nothing about WoW. <laughs> oh, that's how I felt. Expansion. That's how I felt listening to the soundtrack because it was so good. What about you, Pez? Yeah. What's the so you you were saying Badlands? Is that your favorite one? Barons. Barons. The Barons. From. Badlands is actually his own in WoW too. Okay. Is the music good there? Wait, maybe you listened to the wrong one. Nah. Oh. No, 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 no. Because he <laughs> sent you sent it to, to me. The band, Badlands. <laughs> is the Badlands bad? Uh, I'm pretty sure the soundtrack would be fairly empty because okay. the Badlands is fairly empty. Um. I don't remember any music from WoW besides Barons and Orgrimmar. Okay. Because mm. um, mainly I would just turn it off and listen to like Chill Step, whatever from YouTube. Yeah. So the the soundtrack wasn't that. No, Im- there's important to. You. Yeah, there's other games where it's much more memorable than WoW. Um, for me, an MMO where the music's very memorable for me is. Final Fantasy 14. Like yes. the Titan fights and the, the dungeon music is it's the only one I know of. Okay, so you know the the meme of oh you think you've beaten the boss and then the music starts singing in Latin and you yeah. realize it's only the second phase. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy 14 does that, but it's also built into um the fight. So when you're fighting Shiva. It's kind of like this this building up music, and it kind of like sounds like this Winter Wonderland thing because she's the ice uh, icon, and then she freezes the whole level, and like freezes every player, and then she says something how like she's going to like um, turn you all to dust, and then you hear her click her fingers, and the the whole level shatters, and it just breaks out into this rock song. Um, it's so good. And like I know that that's very hit or miss. I prefer music that that takes risks rather than yeah. generally rather than than sounding like everything else. 
Uh, I have exceptions to all of that. For example, Dragon Age Origins, the soundtrack is pretty basic. It's only the main theme that I like. And to be honest, it probably, if you played that next to one of the Lord of the Rings themes, uh, like one of the tracks from Lord of the Rings, you probably would be like, yeah, these are pretty similar. But nothing in Final Fantasy XIV is similar to other games. They're so creative with how they make their encounters that if you hear the music you're brought right back into that that battle you remember like all the the phases and and, and things that were happening in them that's what I, I i really loved that about the design of 14 but it is a very much a very much a a you love it or hate it kind of thing because yeah some people will be like why is this here i can't concentrate on the fight to be fair, if you need to concentrate on Shiva, there's something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> there's something wrong with you. <laughs> it's such a, it's literally a chill fight. But I, I totally agree. Like Final Fantasy top marks, but like in hardcore modes, I think you would turn the music off. I would turn it off. Yeah, probably. Probably if but, you were if you were doing hardcore raiding. But throughout the whole campaign, just playing normally, hundred percent, you need the music turned up. It's so good. I can't believe that no one has mentioned uh, the Dragonborn theme from Skyrim. We were just True. getting there. We were just getting there. Um, so if people don't know, I love uh, Skyrim quite a lot. Oh, and um, that has led me to go on to find people doing covers of all the songs, alternate versions, metal versions. Like, You're in deep. To me, Skyrim is a, a 10 out of 10 soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, and it's just it's, the one song. No, there's multiple. There's heaps of music in there, mate. <laughs> You're going to make him mad. <laughs> that's like, that's almost like um, going up to a, a Zelda fan and being like, oh, man, that Zelda in the green pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love Zelda in the green do, pajamas. Is, is Dragonborn your favorite one? Uh, the, no. Like the favorite track? It's the only one, like, most people know. He likes the combat track. <laughs> the combat. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> so, Skyrim. Um, there's four or, or five main songs. Okay. Uh, so, uh, obviously, there's The Dragonborn Comes, which is what they sing a lot. You know when you go into the inns and they'll play, the bars will play different songs? Yep. Like, that's obviously songs that have vocals, but then you get the nature music, or when you're just wandering around. Oh, yeah. And, like, the music changes when you go from city to city and then in between in the open spaces. Yeah, um, okay, I can understand how you'd like that. Like, you've got Ragnar the Red, <laughs> which is awesome. So if there was a concert where, like, Bethesda was like, hey, we're going to do a Skyrim concert, and they got all these artists to just come and play the, the soundtrack. Would you go? Uh, yes, I would. Yes. Hell yeah, brother. Okay. Well, send me an invite. I'll, I'll, I'll come. Yeah, brother. I will. I don't know if... Uh, have you guys heard of Lindsay Sterling? No. Oh, yeah. Who's Lindsay Sterling? He's a great Sterling? guy. She, she's uh, called the, the dubstep violinist. Oh, okay. And she did a cover of the Skyrim main theme. Uh... So that like that's the kind of stuff I like to get into. So if, and there's lots of game music that people cover in that way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm just going to go through... Okay, we'll move off of, of soundtracks because there's a bit more to talk about, but uh, I do want to share some some moments that I remember because of, um, like, the soundtrack brings the, that moment back for me. Mm-hmm. And one of those few people... So, did any of you play Lost Ark? No. No. I didn't recognize the soundtrack at all in this game. Like, I was so busy trying to get through quests and, and do stuff that I didn't even take note. But when I listened to the soundtrack later on YouTube, it's like, this is amazing. And then there was this one moment where I was in this this hall with the dwarves and I was just questing and I was questing and then the cinematic started. I'm like, what's this? And the dwarves break out into a song. Um, I'm listening to this in Korean because the Korean voice is way better in Lost Ark. The song's called Romantic Weapon. Nice. And it goes into like this... Uh, Almost like a Disney soundtrack where the, the dwarves are like hammering in time for the drums, like hammering the steel. And that's cool. Yeah. And it, it and like uh, the the female dwarves were kind of like burlesque dancing around and like not burlesque dancing, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like singing about how they're going to like make the weapon. And it, it was like this huge Disney moment just randomly. In the MMO, it was so good. I'll always remember that. And if, like, if if anyone were to say, like, what did you miss out on Lost Star? It, like, that would be the moment I, I think of, like, I feel so bad for people that haven't been able to experience that. I wish they could experience that, not knowing about it as well. Like, not being shown yeah. it, but, like, you're just playing the game and this awesome yeah. thing just happens. Because most people don't know about it, because you got to get fairly far in. Most people don't um, didn't well. It's a pay to win game, so why would you get that far in? Unless it's some weirdo like me. Um, the main menu music for The Last of Us. I I don't think I need to explain that. That acoustic guitar, like, did did any of you play The Last of Us? Nah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so okay, so you have you have uh, trauma from playing that game, right? Uh yeah, I'm still scarred, yep. Yeah, so like if you hear the main menu music, does that bring it all back from the ending? The 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 part at the end, the emotional I've probably erased it from my memories because I can't remember it. Okay. Um yeah. next one. When Elizabeth and Brooker do it in Bioshock Infinite, sing Will the Circle Be Unbroken. It's such a beautiful moment. And a little fun fact, the voice actor for Booker is actually playing the guitar, and the voice actor for Elizabeth is actually the singer. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's cool. And she kind of sings it in a way that uh, it's not... It's like she she almost sings with the timing a little bit off at little at, at certain parts, but it sounds very authentic. And me growing up in church, like I, I think that's just a beautiful song. It's not like a strictly gospel song, but it has that that feel to it. Do you know the one? Vibe. Yeah. Um. I don't, but I will be checking it out after the uh, podcast. Oh yeah, it's it's 
a nice song. I like to listen to it from time to time, and it really brings me back to the feeling of um, like it was the the t- it was the point in gaming where everyone was like, I'm a uh, a father figure looking after a daughter figure. It's a I think it's a very strong theme, especially if you're a guy. Like that's what mm. works with The Last of Us. That's what worked with Bioshock Infinite. Um, you could argue that they did it better in Bioshock 2, for sure. But Bioshock Infinite is great. Uh, it, it really helps that Elizabeth kind of looks like a Disney princess. And that's quite on purpose. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, how far did you... Did you meet Elizabeth yet? Yeah. I um, I played it again. Actually, that's another one that I played this week. Uh, I played about 10 minutes of it and... Then I was like, oh, maybe I'll play this again later. Um, I definitely met Elizabeth. We went up in some elevator to the top of some tall building in the city and then we're just on the way back down. Okay, yeah. When I played it again. You're, so I don't know if you know what part that is. but Yeah, you're not at the point yet where she'll sink her hooks into you, but, like, I, for me at the time, it was a very, like, I, I got very attached to her as a character, not in a... Mm. Not in a, like, I want to kidnap you, and but I was enjoying the story. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, those are all moments for me where the music is kind of a marker for those moments. And every time I listen to those, I'll remember that part in the game. And that's so strong because it, a visual doesn't do that. Like, you can't show me a screenshot, really, that will make me feel that way. Mm. Uh. Yeah, it's a really strong thing. I do want to... Do Do you have any moments... Do you guys have any moments like that for you? I'm sure you do. Uh, yeah, I've got... One that comes to mind um, is... I don't know if anyone here has played Cyberpunk at all. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, there's a... The, obviously, you've got the city and you've got the Badlands. And um, there's actually a song called badlands okay and when you're driving in the car out that way that song can come on and that's actually in one of my favorite songs on spotify in the in the playlist so every time i'm like cruising around i'm like thinking oh yeah badlands you know how sick is that okay yeah so yeah that's that's one for me all right you can i can't think of any off the top like none that evoke a specific memory of a game. Yeah. Oh, I've got one that wasn't. Um, it's oh, not aside like... from control, obviously, which we already mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, that can be a perfectly valid one. That's that's basically what what it is. It's a moment that if you hear that song, you you're taken back into the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The the theme for Killzone Two. It's, dude. You guys don't even know because you were playing Halo or something. It. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying Killzone's better than Halo, but it was on PlayStation. Well, the music in it kind of sounds like Star Wars. Um, but in the beginning of Killzone Two, this isn't actually a a song per se, but the main bad guy, um, Vasari Skolas, I think that's his name. Turns out the main bad guy was a villain all along. <laughs> oh, okay. The main bad guy, Skola Vizari, gives this speech, and it's he's kind of the space version 
of that guy from Germany that we don't talk about, but he's bald. And he gives this speech about how they're going to conquer the guys that are the ISA, which are the, it's our forces. Um, Mm. And he has this speech where he's like, we will reach, we will wreck some such terrible vengeance that generations yet to be born will cry out in agony. Like, I'm not giving it justice, but like the way he says it is just so, I'm actually kind of a sucker for people that like give political speeches in intros and video games. Um, I, I do remember you mentioning this one before. Yeah. And at the end of it, he's like, they'll know that Hellgast belongs to the Helgans. I'm like, hell yeah, brother. And then you're on the, you're on the wrong side. <laughs> so like, Helgen, yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and then you spend the rest of the game killing the Helgans and proving him wrong. But like, nice. yeah, I, 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 always wanted to play as a Helgen. Anytime I was playing the multiplayer of that game, I played as a Helgen if I could. Because um, they had British accents, so that was cool. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, but for the yeah. last bit, we do want to talk about things like sound design in video games that aren't the music tracks. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is, do you remember when Battlefield 3 launched? And how good the gun sounded. Yes. I didn't play it. It was so... Like, I remember that being a feature in Battlefield that they touted a lot. And I didn't really think it mattered that much. And then I played Battlefield 3 for the first time. I think if you hear the sniper bullets going past you, like you're trying to snipe and you you hear the sound of the kind of like whisper of the bullets as they kind (laughs) of go right past your face... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, in general or in that game specifically? In Battlefield 3, in Battlefield in general. Like the Battlefields ever since Battlefield 3 have had excellent sound for their guns. So much so if you go and look up on YouTube and you go and look at the comparisons to Call of Duty, it's like, what what were they doing in Call of Duty? Were they, how were they, were they recording this with a, with a streamer's Mm -hmm. mic or something? Like <laughs> they're just recording it with a single SM57. Yeah, yeah. It's like they put in so much effort. I didn't realize how much that changed things. I think gun sounds are kind of like an easy thing to recognize in sound quality. Sounds also very mm. important for alerts. Um, yes, like especially when things are behind you. Yeah, like I think, especially in Battlefield because I played a lot of three, four and being in the tunnels and the, like, especially that one map where they had the snowy outside section, but then the inside oh was. Oh my God. I hated that level. Oh, I loved it. No, that was a dumb level. Um, because all the sounds mattered because you hear a grenade go off, you hear bullets go off and it's like, okay, the enemy's there and there. I've got allies coming up behind me. The sound mm. was just that good in the game. It was definitely very immersive, that's for sure. Yeah. And Are you a big fan of allies coming up behind you, Piss? Listen, listen. I think Battlefield is... In the rear with the gear. <laughs> <laughs> I think for a, a, a game that maybe does sound for spatial awareness better than, than uh, Battlefield would be Overwatch. Overwatch mm. had fantastic game. Like, 
you could tell if your teammates weren't wearing headphones because yeah. I'd be like, guys, there's a junk rat behind us because the enemy footsteps are louder when they're behind. I can hear the junk rat. And it's the reason why when I'm playing Tracer, I crouch spam like I'm like I'm teabagging people, but I'm not. It's just that the crouch makes your footsteps quieter. But yeah, yeah, it was so easy to tell like i could almost tell if they were behind me on the right side or the left side if you have headphones on the spatial sound design in that game is so good for that yeah there were one pair of headphones i had i swear i could just close my eyes and i i could play the game that's i got accused of cheating in um many call of duties because i used headphones to listen to footsteps I actually had a mixer at some point where I was mixing like the treble really high and the bass completely out so that I could hear footsteps over everything else <laughs> so you, wow you were, min, you were min maxing I was mixing min mixing the audio <laughs> you were min mixing the audio <laughs> <laughs> that, that is next true. level that is I, I don't know if that isn't cheating <laughs> you're using no, like it's a not perk. cheating no, it's just deceiving. It's no, not deceiving. It's not deceiving. <laughs> it's, um, it is actually kind of ingenious, though. I wouldn't have thought to do that. Killzone, uh, Killzone had really good gun sounds as well, so much so that when I went from Killzone Shadowfall to Destiny, when Destiny released, and a lot of people like the gun sounds in Destiny, I was like, what is this garbage? It's like It's like someone cut out the first 500 um, hertz of frequency. It's like they just cut out all the bass in comparison. You get used to it over time. Like, if you play Destiny, um, I'm sure Destiny 2 would have been an upgrade over Destiny, but, like, you get used to a a certain level of fidelity, and then you go to one with a lower fidelity, you'll notice it for sure. Yeah, true. But I do think... Okay, tell me if you agree with me on this. The best way to determine whether a game has good sound, I know that we're talking a lot about first-person shooters, but that's all I can think of at the moment. The best measure for how good a game sound is is how good the shotgun sounds. (laughs) I can honestly say I've never considered shotgun sounds specifically. Really? What was the first... Yeah, for me it's... Yeah? Mm -hmm. No... For you, it's what? Um, probably pistols. Pistols. Yeah, ha- I really love a good suppressed pistol sound. A little <laughs> pew, 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 yeah. pew. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why, but whenever I play a game, it's usually a suppressed pistol or a suppressed assault rifle. And if they sound really nice suppressed, I'm like, yeah, I could play this game a lot. <laughs> I mean, aside, there's obviously other factors. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I can agree with that. I do like a good suppressed M4 or something like that, and it's it's got a sound. Foul in Black Ops One, the suppressed foul was my go-to weapon in hardcore capture the flag. I I cannot relate to this. (laughs) (laughs) This is like two people with foot fetishes (laughs) comparing. (laughs) Comparing feet. You have a foot fetish too, Fetes. Oh (laughs) jeez. Um. Wait, can I go completely the other way? Yeah, sure. Sound in games. Yes. Oh, 
when you hear a battleship, right, taking those big shots, um, I know a lot of people don't like World of Tanks, World of Warships, whatever. Yeah, because it's pay to penetrate. Pay to penetrate. Yeah. But when you're in that battleship and you fire those shots, because it's like one shot every 30 seconds, but you've, it's big. And if I don't have my headphones on, the whole room just rumbles. And it sounds so good and authentic that... Yeah, no, I get that. I get That's it. probably like 40% of why I play that game, just to hear those big gunshots. I feel or like the, Johnny Tibb would agree with you there. 100% he would. And yeah. then the big tanks in World of Tanks, obviously just boom, you know, 30-second reload. What is do it nothing. with guys Ding. and the sound of machinery? Like, I think that's pretty much what it boils down to, like guns and like machine sounds to guys. Like, I don't get people that are really into the um, the sound of car engines that much. I know it's very popular. Like, I know that people will probably flame me for this, but like, I don't get it. But I enjoy sounds of guns. Now, I'm not someone, I don't own a gun. I don't shoot guns. But in a video game, I really appreciate a good gun. Yeah. I, I I really like sci-fi guns as well, especially ones that have a charge-up sound. You know, like they 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 oh, yeah. they wind up into a high pitch, and then you know you know the, when that guy walks around the corner, he's, he's dead. Gonna, yeah, he's going to go flying. Yeah, yeah. But it's just the thing. Do you think it's? But yeah, is it the same? It's the same for you guys though. Like you you hear a good gun sound, and like it's just ooh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm a car person as well. Just give me all the sounds. Yeah, but specifically mechanical, right? Yes. Like, can like, you think of any organic weapon in a video game that you're like, yeah, that's a cool sound? You know the worst organic weapon in Halo? It's that purple gun that shoots those weird little... The needler. Yes. It oh. sounds so bad. Oi. So I could talk about this forever. I always thought of the Needler as a Cyndaquil. And I was like, why <laughs> would anyone want to play this kid's game? It has yes. that people shoot with a Cyndaquil and they shoot these, these purple crystals at each other. Well, wouldn't you want to shoot a Cyndaquil? <laughs> because a Cyndaquil does zero damage unless you get the right number of needles in them. Nah. Um, I actually enjoyed playing a little bit of Halo Infinite. I I wouldn't say that I enjoy the like I wouldn't rate it as very good for gun sounds though. I don't love the gun mm. sounds in it. It's not the best, but probably it's not the bad Thunder either. The Thunderhammer's the best. Oh yeah, the hey, Halo good. hasn't really been the game that's known for its gun sounds either. No. Oh, I can think of an organic sound that sounds really good. Um the sound okay, when you parry, especially in Bloodborne but you can apply this to most Souls games. That doom sound when yeah, you parry. The, and you know you're getting ready for a death blow. Yeah, and then like the sound of the weapon going in and then the wet splash sound Ooh, as yeah. the blood like oh, kind of oh. slops onto the ground. <laughs> oh, it makes it sound so sick, but yes, I understand it completely. It's a sense of satisfaction like, yeah, yeah. I just did that. There's, there's, um, that's the only thing that, okay, it's not the only thing, but it's close to the only thing that Callista Protocol did, did very well, is the, the wet crunch 
of mm-hmm. beating a, a meat person to death with a baton. It did that part right. It also, okay, so like we did, we also didn't talk about soundtracks that are good because they fit in. Because we've, we've been talking about ones that stand out or make you feel something. But sometimes I do mm-hmm. think that there's like a soundtrack can be good because you didn't notice it. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it did its job. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's especially yeah. true in horror games. You don't want the soundtrack to be like this, this, and um, like a uh, thing that you focus on. You just want it to be like this violin thing that kind of swells up, disappears. Then maybe you know there's some whispering or like something clanks in the back or something like that. That is that is also something that Callisto Protocol does well, in spite of every effort it makes to destroy itself as a game. So I think that's. That's probably something really good about WoW. That's that's what I love about the WoW soundtrack is that every um, it feels like every piece of music that's in a game fits the zone that you're in. Yeah, I guess that's why it it sounds to me like just generic RPG stuff. Yeah, which is like I don't mean that in a in a I'm not trying to belittle it. Yeah, it's just no, no. It sounds like the, the thing it's describing. And it's yeah. like job done. Yeah, I do um, think that Blizzard does some pretty like you can always recognize the Diablo soundtrack. You can always recognize uh, StarCraft soundtrack, especially I'm thinking of the Terran one. It's like that spaghetti Western rock acoustic guitars. Deathloop has a really cool little. It's not a jingle. Um, how would you describe it? It's when you are in a fight there's a specific type of music and when the fight ends, it does like a little ending riff for oh, the yeah. music to signify that there's no more enemies left. Yep. Um, I, I really like that. And I looked forward to it every time I uh, finished killing a pack of enemies. I don't like those generally as a game design, but I like that you like. Yeah. And a plague tale. I feel like the music in that is really um, fitting of the era. So it starts out quite happy. And then once you sort of get into the meat of the game, the the music is very, I want to say unnoticeable, but I noticed that it was unnoticeable because I was thinking about this episode <laughs> when I was playing it. Yeah, yeah. If you're conscious about it, you can appreciate it more. I think if you're yeah. trying to review it, then it's, it's, it's something like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other sounds in video games that are iconic. Oh, the alert sound in Metal Gear Solid. Like oh, yeah. everyone used on their mobile phones. Like I don't know if half the people even know even played the game, but yeah, that whoop, or the game over sound. Snake, snake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can think of actually. I can think of the worst gun sound. Okay, it's not the worst gun sound I've ever listened to. It's the worst gun sound I've ever heard in a good game. Like the game was really good. I think when I reviewed it, I gave it like a 7.5 out of 10. And that's yeah. Metro Last Light because you get an AK-47, but you can tell that every shot is the same sound file. That what, sir? Every shot of this automatic weapon is the same sound file. Yeah. So it's it's just repeating like AK-47 bullet.mp3. Every time you hit the button, it just plays the same one over and over again. 
And so you that's can really, yeah, you can really hear it. It's yeah, that's right. one of the biggest letdowns in, in what is in otherwise an amazing game. And it's funny because it's a game that's known for being super diegetic as in like, uh, so you, you never go into a menu, you, um, your character literally pulls out a notepad and the menu yeah. is on the notepad or like, um, you have a gas mask, but your timer for the gas mask is on your watch and you look at that. Like everything is kind of yeah. like built onto the character. Or you have a watch, but the face for your watch is on your mask, which is on your timer, which is on your notepad. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly how it works. <laughs> I played Metro Exodus for a while. When I played it, they didn't have... That was another one that I played before they bought the Field of View slider in, or I didn't know about the Field of View slider, and it made me feel sick after playing for a couple of hours. I highly recommend Metro Exodus. Um Especially mm. though, if you get to play the other games first, because it is a, it is one continuous story from beginning to end. Okay. So one goes into two goes in. I think you can get by by just reading up what. Um, it's not like Mass Effect where the choices matter, but yeah, I would at least read up what happened in the previous two games to yeah okay. to get it because Metro Exodus kind of ties that whole story and right. oh, speaking of sound in that game though you get a uh you get a a gas powered gun in it that's that thing's sick oh when someone says gas powered gun it reminds me of no country for old men and the custom shotgun he made on the air compressor yeah yeah something like that it, uh, that's pretty much exactly what it is right it is like that little sound when he like shoots that suppressed shotgun there's a suppressor again uh that <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that part of the movie well gas guns are kind of they do kind of sound like suppressors yeah if okay so what um like if you're playing elden ring do you like the sound of rapiers more because they're like more wispy sounding or um uh, i don't really have a preference in a game like that to be honest <laughs> okay so it's just specific to silences yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy a bow and arrow. Oh, yeah. No, I hate bows and in most games. Most games, if bow and arrow is an option, that'll be my first bet. And honestly, it's because I've always sucked at parrying. But in Demon's Souls, I really worked hard on my parrying. And then played Elden Ring after I played Demon's Souls because I still had Elden Ring on my computer. And uh, I actually got pretty decent at parrying and i was like that and that's probably the only way i know what you're talking about <laughs> because before then i would have been like no i, don't, I have no idea what parry noise you're talking about yeah i can't um, believe I did. you didn't men mention um i forgot to mention it too is um mechanicus children of the oh. Sire. oh well i haven't played it yet but i'll but you you listen to the soundtrack all the time. I know that I've, I've listened that. to the YouTube soundtrack like two hundred times. Yeah, it's freaking amazing. Or that um, that dark pride track has like um, has all the chanting. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Average Gamers Podcast. Um, we would love to hear what you think. Uh, tell us your favorite songs, your favorite games for the music. Uh, we'll put the email address in the description to this episode 
Pez, thanks heaps for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. And as always, Rob. Yes, thanks for having me. We'll see you next time. All right, bye-bye. See you.